morning, everybody. Welcome back to another 10 Minute Monday. I'm not going to lie to you. Your gal, your gal is tired. Um, and I'm actually recording these. Normally I record 10 Minute Mondays fairly close to when they go live, but this time I'm recording these episodes uh, in advance because I am traveling at the moment. So I'm the past week after you listen to this, it's so confusing when I'm trying to describe time <laughs> when I'm coming from the future. Uh, so the past week I have been to London, Manchester, Paris, back to London again, and back to Edinburgh again. So needless to say, these bad boys had to be pre-recorded. And hopefully I would have had a delightful time at each of those places. And I'm sure I'll keep you updated on social media. So make sure you say, hey, so today's episode is going to be kind of a fun one. I have this sick obsession of talking about failure and blunders and lessons. And that is what today's episode is going to be about. I'm going to be talking about four of my biggest business blunders. <laughs> How cheesy is that? I, love, I do love a bit of alliteration, but I'm going to be talking about some of my biggest business fails that I've had since starting my business three years ago. Some of these are going to be some more recent ones. Some of these will be ones that I learned at the very start. And yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure as I speak, I'll start thinking of more and more because I have made so many mistakes in my business. Anyone who says they haven't is a total liar. And I love when people share their mistakes in business as much as their wins, because we can learn so much from them. But it also humanizes the person that we may look up to in business and that we may be like, wow, they seem to have their shit together. Their poop's always in a group. And then sometimes you're like, Actually, they are just a mere mortal like the rest of us, myself included. I have been known to make a little bit of a blunder every now and then, and I'm just going to dive straight in. Now, one of the biggest mistakes that I've made in business, and this goes back to when I was launching High Impact Sales School, which is a group program that I've since retired. Maybe one day I'll bring it back, but at the moment it is retired, it's lying dormant. And I had a client who was inside one of the programs. And look, I don't want to like shit on anyone who's worked with me in the past. Like I'm always very grateful for clients, good or bad. And we will have some bad ones, let's be honest. And the thing is, is that this person showed some glaring red flags before they even joined the program. And it was one of the earlier launches that I, that I did. And I was definitely in that scarcity mindset of, I just want anyone inside this program. Like the more the merrier, like I'm going to chase and chasing is very different to following up by the way, there's a very different energy behind that. And this person, first of all, tried to barter me down, which look always a bit of a red flag. <laughs> and I was like, absolutely not. And then I offered an extended payment plan. And again, this is all def definitely coming from a bit of a desperate place right? Um, of being like, I just want more people in the program. I just want more people in like where this kind of thinking is very short sighted in that, okay, temporarily or short term. Yes. It might mean that you've got more people in your group, that there's more people you can help, that you're going to make more money. However, in the long term, you're not sort of thinking of the implications of having someone like this in a group program, that they're going to be difficult, that they're going to cause you more stress than it's worth. And that's exactly what transpired with this particular person. And the biggest blunder really in this situation is that when I was first promoting this group program, I did have a risk mitigation 
strategy where I said, look, if you join the program and for whatever reason you're not satisfied with it, um, you know, I will happily give you your money back. And I did write that on one email and in another email I went into much more depth about the actual, you know, about what that stipulated, about what requirements you had to meet in order to get your money back. And they were very reasonable requirements. It was things like you have had to come to the first three calls. You've had to fill in, there were a couple of like workbooks or something that they had to do um, and complete the first two modules. So I wanted to make sure that people, you know, once they had actually sunk their teeth into the program a little bit, if they still were unsatisfied, which I highly doubt they would have been, then they can get their money back. But if they just join and then they don't come and then they're not invested, then they can't get their money back. That's not fair. So this person, lo and behold, shock horror, didn't, she came to the first call, didn't come to any other calls and also didn't go through any of the modules, didn't do any of the work. But in one of those emails where I had written, uh, you know, you get, your, you get your money back and I hadn't listed out every stipulation or the TNCs, everything like that. She used that as a way of being like, hey, I can get my money back. And this is just a problem with me and not being specific enough. And this is on me, by the way. So a lot of people can often put the blame on other people. And look, there were so many instances where, yes, she wasn't showing up in a way that I would have, that I would have liked her to. But there were so many signs along the way that really showed me that this is likely to happen, right? She tried to barter me down. I had to chase, not follow up. I... She wasn't committed to the program. Again, shock. And I wasn't specific enough with what my refund policy was. And so I ended up deciding sometimes I, you really have to choose your battles in life and in business and in relationships. And I decided that I was not going to fight this battle. It wasn't worth the stress and everything to me. So I was just like, fine, sure. And I did have a word. I said, look, I would have actually appreciated better communication from you because actually what happened is she didn't necessarily ask straight away to leave the program. She just stopped paying. So there were so many things that were so much, that were so stressful, but that was on me because I didn't vet her properly. I didn't actually want someone like that in my program. And I wasn't specific enough with what was required of people in order to receive that refund. And that's on me. So that was one of my biggest blunders. It caused a lot of stress. This all happened in the midst of another launch. So it was just terrible timing. And it just added extra stress on. And I just didn't have time or the energy for it. And I learned a lot from that mistake. You know, I was a little bit, I'd never had anyone ask for a refund before because I know that I put everything into my programs and I put everything into helping my clients. And people are, are satisfied with my programs, more than satisfied. And I know that they, when they put in the work, they get results. So I was almost a bit laissez-faire with the whole thing. And I thought, oh, that won't happen. It's fine. But no, you need to make sure that you are prepared for difficult clients, for people that do want refunds. It happens to everybody. And for people that want to leave containers suddenly. And that was a massive lesson there. Another thing, and actually this one happened um, not too long ago. I had a one-on-one -on -one client who signed up to work with me for four months and then all of a sudden, <laughs> actually it was the day after her invoice was due, I said, oh, by the way, just letting you know your invoice is due for this month, just letting you know. And she comes back and says, oh, look, I actually can't afford it right now. 
which goes against everything that is in... (laughs) I mean, when you sign up to a four-month container, you sign up to a four-month container. This obviously is stressful because you use payment plans as a way of forecasting your income. It's also not nice when someone pulls out of something very last minute and without a a good reason, really. Because guys, if you're listening to this and you're wanting to invest in a one-on-one coach, whether that be with me or with somebody else, do not invest from cash flow if your cash flow is not coming in thick and fast right now. Invest from your savings, okay? So that you know you can afford this coach if you don't see results within the first three or four weeks, because quite often you might not see results in the first three or four weeks because that's just life, right? Sometimes when you implement things, things take a while for them to kick in. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes I can tell a client, implement the strategy and they'll get instant results. And sometimes it takes a little bit of trust building and a bit of consistency for their audience to take notice and to buy from them. So it really does depend. So what I would say here is, to be honest, this wasn't so much a blunder on my end, um, but just another example of like business fails, right? We all go through times where, things are difficult and an unexpected stress happens. However, something I did take away from this, and again, I said that this happened actually fairly recently, is that I again decided that I was not going to, sometimes I would choose to fight and be like, actually, no, you've signed a contract. This isn't okay. But this time I decided actually, do you know what? I don't want to work with this person either. And I'm not going to kick up a stink about this. Yes, it made me take a financial hit and it wasn't ideal. And in an ideal world, I would have liked to have kept working with this person and seeing them grow and helping them. But at the same time, I'm like, well, do you know what? Like, I actually don't want to fight this one. I just sort of made that decision and I didn't stress about the money because I knew that I would sign another client and I just didn't worry about it. I was like, yeah, that's shit, but we move on. And the level of resilience that you start to develop as a business owner, maybe if that if this had happened earlier on, in, earlier on in my business within the first year, it would have really knocked me. I would have been really upset by this and it would have knocked my energy for a while. When I say that I was over it within an hour, within half an hour, I truly mean that. It was annoying, but I didn't attach any meaning to it. I didn't make this mean anything about me, about my business. And I moved on from it super quick. I was like, right, don't have control over that. I can fight it. I cannot. I chose to not in this instance. Sometimes I would, but in this instance, I chose not to. And I moved on and started selling. (laughs) Honestly, that's what you do, right? So from every fail, no matter how big or small, you can take away a lesson. I mean, that is very obvious, right? That's the whole thing about failure. You learn things from it. I'm going to talk about one more thing because I'm already already over my time limit, shock horror. One thing that I want to talk about is, and it links back to the, the previous two experiences that I just mentioned, is what I used to not be able to do is to sit in discomfort. And I used to think in quite a short sighted way. It was, how can I make money now to make me to alleviate any discomfort I'm feeling in this very moment versus okay, maybe I need to increase my prices and it might take a bit longer to make a sale, but in the long run, that will mean that I'm comfortable for longer. Or 
I'm going to launch something this month. I used to launch all the time and I didn't used to sell my one-on-one coaching. And it was actually quite interesting. Yesterday I was on a call with two of my girlfriends and one of them said that, who are also in this coaching industry, and one of them said that because I used to launch so frequently, she actually used to see me as someone that sells low ticket offers and not someone that sells high ticket offers. And I've had another person who actually ended up being a one-on-one client say that to me as well, which is interesting. And that is, again, another example of me being a little short-sighted is of me not being able to think, okay, maybe I just need to like stop, sell high ticket, even if it takes a little bit longer for me to land those sales, then quickly put something together, launch something, and then sell that instead. Because I was priming my audience to only see me as someone who sells low ticket. And by the way, I bloody love selling low ticket. I love launching. I I thoroughly enjoyed those launches. But at the same time, it's short-sighted. I wasn't thinking of a long-term business vision. I wasn't thinking of how I wanted to be seen by my audience. And I wasn't thinking of my long-term security as well. So now something that I do is even if I do have a cash month that is slightly lower, I know that it's fine. I don't need to panic because I know I've got so much evidence that I can bring money back into my business that all of a sudden things can turn around very quickly. I don't let it mean anything about me anymore and I'm not short-sighted in my business and I am able to sit in any kind of discomfort because that is business, right? It's going to have ups, downs, peaks, troughs, any other way I can say ups and downs, insert here. And you are going to have some really high cash months and then for whatever reason, you're going to have some lower cash months and that is the nature of the beast. And I think if you can start seeing beyond that and start planning for your long-term rather than how to get out of this situation. And look, sometimes there's a time and a place for that. But generally speaking, if you're being short-sighted in your business and only thinking of how you can turn things around quickly now by, I don't know, discounting everything or putting out free one-on-one calls. I see people do this. (laughs) And it's a very short-sighted way of running your business just to alleviate short-term pain. But actually in the long term, you're going to, you're going to pay for it in more ways than one. All right, this went way faster than I anticipated. I'm going to leave this here. Maybe I should do a part two another time. Let me know if you'd like me to see that, if you'd like to listen to that rather. And I hope you all have a fabulous week. If you are interested in one-on-one coaching with me, I will drop the link in the show notes as always. And I will see you on Wednesday for an interview guest episode, an expert interview guest episode. You know what I mean. Okay. Bye now.